Hi, Gary Zacharias here with The Apologist Bookshelf. I love this book. This is a, about a three-year-old book now. It's called Mama Bear Apologetics. I just got a hold of a copy. Hadn't read it before. But just skimming through here, I think you'll see that even though it's it says it's aimed for moms, says empowering your kids to challenge cultural lies. But uh, look at the lies that are out there that they tackle. God helps those who help themselves. They call that self-helpism. My brain is trustworthy, according to my brain. So they take on naturalism in that chapter. I'd believe in God if there were any shred of evidence. So they tackle skepticism. The truth is, there's no truth. Postmodernism. You're wrong to tell me that I'm wrong. Moral relativism. Follow your heart. It never lies. Emotionalism. Just, worth it, just worship something. Pluralism. I'm not religious. I'm spiritual. New spirituality. Communism failed because nobody did it right. Marxism. The future is female. Feminism. Christianity needs a makeover. Progressive Christianity. So that's the heart of the book, tackling these lies. So even though it's written by women, and I would guess primarily uh, for women, I think guys can get a great deal out of this book. So I wanted to tackle just uh, the first part of it here. They start off, this is their uh, forward to it. This is protecting your kids the mama bear way. And uh, they talk about how kids go off to college just wilt when they're hit from uh, different angles regarding their faith. And um, one of the authors, uh, it's Hillary Morgan Ferrer. She's a general editor, but there are several women that are writing this. But they said uh, kids are being introduced to challenges to Christianity younger and younger ages. And she said, well... You could do kind of a whack the mole, whack a mole thing where you go after every challenge, but she said it might be better to start thinking biblically about what do we know from the Bible and then understanding how those principles would apply to everyday situations. So instead of starting with the situations or the complaints, start with a biblical worldview, and I think that's really good. Um, they said cultural lies are like weeds that want to take over the garden of our children's minds. These lies need to be stopped. And they stop with you, Mama Bear. And I'd say Papa Bear needs to read this too. So they said their goal is to raise up people who are discerning, who can look at an idea and see what's good about it, but see what's bad about it, and accept some and maybe reject others. And then they have a little uh, sentence here in italics. The greatest protection we can give our kids is to equip them to face the cultural lies head on while remaining gracious, loving, and winsome. Uh, they said it's not just enough to tell our kids which ideas are raised against the knowledge of God. That's pretty easy to do, isn't it, to, to see the errors. We have to train them to understand why the ideas are flawed. See, that, to me, that's where apologetics comes in. You can say, hey, that's a bad idea. But people will say, why is that a bad idea? And that's where apologetics uh, does its job. So understanding the why of Christianity and understanding the why not uh, why not of other cultural uh, views is certainly what apologetics does. And um, I like uh, right at the end of their intro, is we don't want our children to live in fear, but with discernment. There's that word again, discernment. We want our kids to be able to see Christ in art, movies, science, history, music, in all things, because he is Lord over all. Uh, so I want to hit that one more time. We want our kids to be able to see Christ in art, movies, science, history, music, in, in all sorts of things. I think a lot of Christianity has walked away from these beautiful things 
uh, good stories, uh, looking at science. Somehow Christians think that all of the world is against them, but we live in God's world. The reality is that um, this world begs for God and it's created by him. And so we're okay if we look at science, we investigate science. We're fine if we look at history. History is on our side. Science is on our side. We should be telling great stories in movies. We should be creating great art So uh, to, to see Christ in these things. Okay, so let's pick up on uh, chapter 1, which <laughs> has a, a great title. I love this one. It says, Calling All Mama Bears. Okay, fine. But the subtitle is the one I love. My kid has a Cheerio shoved up his nose. Why am I reading this book? <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm laughing, I guess, uh, having raised uh, kids. I, I get it. And uh, the author of this, let me find out who did this chapter. This is uh, Hilary Morgan Ferrer and Julie Luz. So they said, you know, as parents, we're supposed to prepare kids for the real world. And this is sure different than the world that I grew up in. The authors say it's sure different than the world that they grew up in. And uh, they tell their own stories about what it's like to grow up. And uh, they then they said, which I thought was really interesting, um, they, they take a look at the word God on Google. And of course, today, you, you Google God and you get all these different beliefs. And then they said, what if you Google which God is the real God? And it says, uh, is God real? So they said, maybe if your kids even are searching further, they're going to find something by as a HuffPost article that says this. Approaching God or rejecting the very idea, atheism, ought to be a personal matter, something like happiness, as defined in the Declaration of Independence, a pursuit by each in their own way. Isn't that interesting? So that's a real modern worldview perspective, isn't it? So what they're saying in this chapter, in this, right in this section here, it says if you've got mom and dad and a pastor saying one thing, but Wikipedia, HuffPost, and their school friends and teachers are saying another, they said, which worldview do you think is going to win out? So we've got to get serious about this. Uh, one of the authors tells a story about apologetics. She met it at age 12. Isn't that great? I think that's wonderful. It says her pastor was a former atheist who came to Christ, kind of like Lee Strobel did. And then he, he was going to refute Christianity and, and disprove it and found out he couldn't because it was true. And so she says, as a pastor, he taught series, a, a series on defending the Christian faith. And first was that liar, lunatic, Lord trilemma that C.S. Lewis talked about. And he showed that Jesus being Lord was the most reasonable conclusion out of the three. Then he focused on historical evidences for New Testament reliability and then looked at the account of the resurrection to show that the resurrection, as reported in the Gospels, is probably the most plausible explanation for all the things that you could say about Jesus. So she said, wow, that, I got that so early in my life. And I thought that was wonderful to hear that. She says, a lot of people don't really gravitate toward apologetics. It says, I'm hoping this book will help people understand why they have to have reasons for their faith. You know, why am I a Christian? So here's that word, why, again. Uh, when you go to church, often you hear the what. That's the theological issue, you know. Uh, who's Jesus, and why did he have to die on the cross, and how do you get reconciled to God, and things like that. And that's obviously hugely important. But we're not often dealing with the why questions. Why do we think Jesus lived? Why do we trust the Gospels? So here's the question, why am I a Christian? 
And so um, let me continue here with this chapter. It says, Apologetics may not seem important until you witness firsthand the consequences of bad ideas. See, I love that because every idea has consequences. If, if you live it as if it's true, whatever it is, you'll have different kinds of consequences. And we're getting all sorts of kids being just ruined these days because of the bad ideas that are out there. Uh, so they talk about the youth exodus. This is so sad. The people that have gone off to college and they drop their Christianity. And they actually have some studies that they share. And I wanted to share a few of the statistics here, as depressing as they are. It says most studies indicate something like nearly half of youth leave church after the freshman year in college and then catch this and never return. Wow. Uh, one person, David Kinneman, who does a lot of research, he found that after age 15, about 60% of young Christians disconnect from their church. And then they have some more uh, statistics here, but isn't that sad? But <laughs> it says, actually, it's not just college that's the problem. It says it is contributing, but it said there's an internal disconnection that's even happening earlier. Oh, that's so sad. It said it could be emotional reasons, could be behavioral reasons, maybe intellectual reasons. Um, said, wow, this is really sad. Here's some people that have called themselves Christians and they're teenagers, and they've said this. 40% were uncertain whether Jesus was physically resurrected. These are Christian kids. Almost half aren't sure whether Jesus was physically resurrected. 63% didn't think Jesus was the son of the one true God. Over half. 44% said the Bible is just one of many authoritative voices about Jesus. These are Christian kids saying this. And on and on. Okay, so I'm going to move on because that's, that's sad to hear. The next part of the chapter here has uh, several myths. And I like this. Here's myth one. Well, they, they walk away, but they come back. But that's not always true. And a lot of kids don't rebel in the first place. But it says Christianity is less socially acceptable, so we're losing kids um, right and left, and they don't come back. Myth number two, because my kids go to Awana or youth group or a Christian school or they're homeschooled, they'll be okay. You know, kind of like an insurance plan for Christians. But it says, you know, even kids growing up in Sunday school, uh, this one knocked me out. It said Sunday school is actually detrimental to a lot of spiritual health. What? It said, uh, kids, this is a study. Kids who grew up in a Sunday school environment were more likely to have a secular worldview than those who didn't. How can that be? Well, listen to this. Kids that sit there and see a teacher uh, uh, talking about animals in a boat, and they color the pictures, and they act out stories on a felt board, that doesn't teach kids that what you're saying is true. You know what they believe? What we're telling them, that those are Bible stories, the key word, stories. And uh, one person said, you know, too many youth groups are holding tanks with pizza. <laughs> says uh, we're winning our kids to fund friends and pizza, but not necessarily to Christ. Here's another myth. They're not going to need apologetics training until they're in college. Really? This says uh, some research indicates almost half the youth has uh, spiritually checked out by the end of middle school middle school. So we're talking between 8th and ninth grade. Um, 
Another statistic, 40% are mentally leaving the church in elementary and middle school. Oh, ow. Well, what do we do? And I'm so glad they've, they focus strongly in this book on things we can do. And I said, you've got to start worldview training at a young age, teaching theology and apologetics. And here's the good news. I don't know if I'll take this much time for it, but they talk about good resources and good curriculum are being designed to help kids, even preschool kids. Melissa Kane Travis has something called Young Defenders. It's a picture book series. Elizabeth Urbanowitz has a foundations curriculum for third through fifth graders. Then there's something called Deep Roots Bible Curriculum for first through fourth. Tom Griffin has materials for those in fifth through eighth grades. They have a complete resource list. If you go to all one word, mamabearapologetics.com forward slash resources. If you don't remember that, you can just contact me, uh, gary.zacharias at gmail.com, and I can give you more of that information. So that's really good news. I was so glad to hear that. Um, and and Rasho Christie. I really like Rasho Christie. They have something called Rasho Christie College Prep to get kids ready before they go off to college. And uh, one person who was involved in that ministry found that churches that use that uh, tra- training material with Rasho Christie, they reported attrition levels fell from 75% to as low as 13%. That's not just a person here or a person there. That's huge. And they said, you know, we can all be encouraged by this kind of news. Our children are sponges. The question is, they said, what are they going to be soaking up? So the end of this chapter, which is their very first chapter, says the youth exodus is real. It says, now that you're aware of it and you're alert and you're not going to fall for those myths, it says, let's start counteracting the cultural lies that are coming for the kids. So at the end of every chapter, like this one, they have discussion questions, they have a brainstorm, they have some self-evaluation, things like, have you ever found yourself saying or thinking any of the myths about the youth exodus? How has your perspective changed? Did any of the myths cl- uh, hit close to home? Uh, what was the theme? They have an icebreaker to get things uh, going here. So this would be a really good book for a group. I think it's a great book for an individual. And certainly moms are going to be attracted to this. And by all means, I hope all moms do get excited about it. But I would get a lot out of this uh, as a man reading this. I mean, this is good stuff. I think about all those different worldviews that they tackle. And they've got some wonderful authors here, too. You've got uh, Hillary Morgan Ferrer, like I said. You've got, um, let's see, let me find somebody else I really liked a lot. Um, Alyssa Childers has some material. So there are good people that are involved in this. I would uh, highly recommend it. Let me just mention a couple of people that are re- uh, reflecting on it, commenting. Jay Warner Wallace, really well-known uh, speaker. He says, we as parents are the most important apologists our kids will ever know. Mama Bear Apologetics will help you understand the challenges so you can navigate your kids' questions and prepare them to become committed Christ followers. Natasha Crane, I love her material. She says this book is an incisive and witty look at the false ideas that kids are drowning in today. Sean McDowell praises it. He's excited to see this book come out for Christian moms and dads. Um, Some others here. Melissa Kane Travis uh, comments on it. Craig Hazen loves this book. Mary Jo Sharp. So we've got some uh, powerful people who've read it and enjoy it, and I would agree with them. So it's called Mama Bear Apologetics. 
there's a challenge. We can't let our kids fall by the wayside. Uh, the world is too tough out there, and they'll eat them up. Okay, well, thanks for listening, and we'll do another podcast soon.